This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, Brady PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. Recently, I had to make a quick run to Walmart after work for a few smaller items that I'd forgotten the day before. About halfway into my trip, I was approached by a woman and a young girl who asked me to buy a pack of diapers for them. Now, I do enjoy helping people whenever I can, but something felt incredibly off-putting about this situation. Something about the way that she strode right up to me and just asked. It felt very rehearsed, I think. I told her no in the most polite way that I could muster, and she nodded and went on. I was prepared to deal with potentially having turned away a woman who genuinely needed help, but like I mentioned, something just felt very wrong about it. I completed the rest of my shopping and was well on my way to forgetting the encounter, but when I made my way up to the self-checkout, suddenly the same lady and the little girl made a beeline for me. She doesn't look to me or speak to me or anything, and she and the girl just start scanning not only the diapers, but items that they had hidden in their clothes, racking up a huge total in the self-checkout. Completely stupefied that she just brazenly assumed that I would pay for it all, I got the attention of the associates and quietly explained the situation, making it clear that I wasn't trying to make a scene, but I simply didn't know these people and I wasn't about to pay for their belongings now that I knew that it was a ploy. He told me that they'd apparently had to deal with her before, and I wasn't the first customer that she had a run-in with. He put on his most patient customer service voice and talked to the woman, at which point she pretended not to speak English, despite having had a pretty firm grasp on it earlier when asking me to buy diapers for them. She just kept pointing at me as if to indicate that she and the girl were with me, Thankfully, she wasn't fooling the associate, who by now had not only cleared her items from my checkout, but had placed himself between myself and the woman, still pretending that she couldn't understand him and still adamant that we were together. She was getting louder now, and things were escalating too, so I made a point to pay for my belongings, and I just hightailed it straight out of there. I hurried out to the car, closing the door just in time to see the little girl sprinting to catch up with me, the woman not far behind her. Panic set in and suddenly I was trying to lock the doors quickly, throwing my groceries in and buckling up all at once. 
She was frantically tapping at my window as I cranked the car with what I assumed at first was her nails. I wasn't going to look until I caught the sun gleaming off of something. I turned to find that she wasn't tapping with her nails, but instead with the tip of a switchblade. She was also making slow, deliberate slicing motions with it. Just about the only thing that I could think to do at that point was throw my car into reverse and get out of there as quickly as I could. And as I did, she and the girl slowly walked in front of my car heading back towards the store. As she was walking by, the woman turned and looked at me and gave what I could only describe as the most sinister smile that I've ever seen. Something was just so deeply insidious about the way that she gave me that knowing look. A truly diabolical version of the kind of look a mischievous kid gives you when they know that they're doing something that they're not supposed to. I was shaken, but ultimately I was okay. Though I would be lying if I said that I didn't look over my shoulder for a long while. So it was a summer night, I was around 8 or 9 years old, a group of 6 kids, we were playing manhunt, kind of like hide and seek I guess, in our neighbourhood. The street that we played on was a dead end with a baseball field at the end. The field was undergoing construction at the time so there were sort of big construction vehicles parked and big mounds of dirt and stuff like that around. We were hiding and attempting to cross the field without getting caught by the opposing team. As we made our way across the field, a white truck flashed its lights at us. We were startled because we didn't think that there was anyone in the truck, and one of my friends started to run. I froze up and noticed two old men in the truck. The driver laughed at us as he rolled down the window and said, It's too late for little girls to be out alone like this. He really creeped me out too. He had a thick moustache, wore big thick glasses and a baseball cap. And at that, we booked it out of there, and I don't remember much else from that night, other than the fact that one of my friends was so scared that she literally wet herself. But, later on that week, one of my friends from that night and I, we were on one of our afternoon walks around town. As we walked by the town hall, though, something just pulled me to take a closer look at one of the notices taped up onto the window. And it was a sex offender listing for the creepy driver of that white truck and even at that young age my friend and I we were aware of how dire a situation that we could have been in that night we are so lucky Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, 
You can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I still think about this encounter even as an adult because it was a weird one. So when I was about 10, I'm 25 now. I was downstairs watching TV late at night with my mum and sisters. Everyone decided to head off to bed and I was left alone downstairs just watching TV. I started drifting off at some point and all of a sudden someone started banging on our door really hard. I'm talking let me in hard. I was so scared that I just sort of sat there frozen staring at the door like my life depended on it. My dog was laying right next to me and also just stared. He never barked or moved an inch, which was odd too because he always barked at the door. The banging never stopped for what seemed like a solid five minutes, but it was probably more like maybe a minute when I think back on it. In any case, I looked at my dog and I think because I finally moved, my dog snapped out of his trance, looked back at me for a split second and jumped up and ran towards the door. He still didn't bark, but instead started turning his head like he was confused. I finally got the courage to get up and open the blinds to see what was going on. And this young woman, maybe around 20, 25, was standing there holding her left breast in her hand. It was still attached to her, but she was pretty large-breasted and she was holding it trying to keep them up from sagging, I'm guessing. I don't know, like I said, it was weird. But she had blonde hair, white skin, and was just covered in blood. Her shirt was ripped and her hair was a mess. I remember thinking that she may have gotten beat up or was in a car crash or something. Either way, I immediately went to go and open the door. But as soon as I went to unlock it, my mum, out of nowhere, slammed her hand on the door and relocked it. I had no idea that she'd even come downstairs at this point, let alone walked up behind me. I was so focused on the door and on this woman, I think, that when she slammed her hand, it was almost as if it knocked me back into reality. Reality of not opening the door for strangers in the middle of the night. I looked up at her and I could feel my eyes were wide and I think I even started crying. She put her hand on my shoulder though and moved me away from the door. She yelled, who is it, through the door and the girl yelled back that her boyfriend had beat her up and that they lived in the apartment across the street from us. Mind you, we lived in a townhouse in a cul-de-sac. Our unit was all the way in the back where you would start the turn. What I mean is that we were the first unit in the row, but where she pointed out her and her boyfriend's place was at was quite a ways away from us. Anyway, my mum asked her her name and she said something that sounded like something Annie. Maybe Bethany or Stephanie or something? I saw my mum hesitate to open the door, but after she yelled, please help me, my mum opened the door, stepped out, and pulled it close to being shut, but not completely shut. I cracked the door behind her to make sure that she was okay and also see what was going on. The woman, that I guess we'll call Bethany from now on, kept thanking my mum and asking to come in because she was scared that her boyfriend was going to come after her. My mom refused and explained that she couldn't let her in because of the safety of her four kids but said that she would sit out with her. My mom then yelled at me to grab the phone and call the police so I did. My mom started asking her what happened and what specific unit that she lived in. 
She pointed towards her specific one and told my mom the building number and her unit, whatever it was, when this silver SUV pulled up a little later and she ran towards it yelling, that's my sister, and then just jumped in. The car sped off without another word from her or even a single word from the sister. My mum looked back at me confused and came back inside and shut and locked the door. We just sort of stood there and I think we just sort of looked at each other for a bit. I asked my mum eventually what about the police and she said that she would wait for them downstairs if I wanted to go to bed. I was too scared to leave her though so I ended up just waiting with her. Once they arrived, my mum explained what happened and the officer said that she did the right thing, not letting her inside. The weird thing though is that, like I said, my dog never barked once, until the cops knocked on the door that is. They also explained that they've been receiving similar calls like that in the area recently, so this was not the only event like this. Even worse though, the next morning we all packed up to go to the grocery store and... As we passed that building, you could definitely tell that that apartment that she allegedly lived in was completely empty, like no one had been living in it. Maybe they just didn't have any furniture or anything, but I don't know, it was definitely fishy. Whatever happened that night, the alleged boyfriend never came after her that night and we never saw her or the SUV ever again either. I hope that she is okay if it was real, but also if it's not, well, don't ever knock on my door again, that's for sure. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This happened a few years back when I worked at Starbucks. I was the opening supervisor and our store was in kind of a rough area, I guess. I always tried to arrive a little early and this day was no different. I pulled in before my coworker had gotten there, but in the otherwise empty parking lot was a truck parked sideways across three spots. The truck is facing the parking lot exit. Already wary, it's around 4.15 in the morning and there were no working streetlights in the lot. I kept my doors locked and stayed in my car. Not a minute later, 
A man gets out of the truck and walks up to my car, knocks on my window. I crack the window an inch and he starts telling me about how he has to get to the airport and he's in a hurry but his truck needs a push to start. He tells me specifically, I just need you to come and push from my door. I'll be in the driver's seat and you'll give me the momentum that I need. I don't know anything about cars but that set off alarms in my head. Not to mention if his car is having trouble, our airport was like really far away and only accessible by freeways. Not an easy trip for a struggling vehicle by any means. I tell him that I'll be happy to push the truck from behind once my co-worker arrives, but I refuse to do that before then. And with that, he immediately blows up. He screams and calls me all sorts of names and then just storms off back to his truck. He starts the truck up and speeds out of the parking lot. I never had anything come of it, but... I'm still pretty sure that I foiled some sort of malicious plan from that guy. I'm grateful that I'm enough of a morning person to be thinking clearly that early because if I hadn't been, I don't know what would have happened. This happened about 16 years ago when I was exactly 14 years old. Some parts are a little blurry and I apologize in advance for that, but I've got most of the story in memory. So it was summertime and as always, my mother and her best friend had decided to rent a house in the south, close to the beach, so we could all enjoy the summer holidays together. They had found this really nice house right next to the beach with a garden and enough space for all of us to fit. My mother's friend had her two sons, one who was 15 years old and came with his best friend, and then the younger brother who was 11 at that time. The neighborhood, from what I can remember, was quiet, mostly safe, and surrounded by woods. But we didn't pay attention at that time as we were mainly spending our time on the beach, surfing and enjoying freedom. For me, it was a relief to be miles away from my hometown, to be honest. I'd had a very rough year facing school harassment that could have costed my life, Fortunately, my mother fought for me and changed me out of the school to finally bring some peace to my tormented mind. My bullies, they had posted online my phone number, making me receive calls from unknown people, mostly men, and this will play an important role at the end of the story. So, those holidays were an opportunity for me to just breathe, to disconnect from reality and just enjoy my time. But something very weird happened, Something that 16 years later I still try to think about. What would have happened to me if I had done this? You see, it started one afternoon. My phone buzzed with a text message. I thought at first it was my best friend telling me about her holidays. But we were all relaxing before going out to the restaurant later. I was sitting on the couch and playing Mario Kart with the boys. But the message was from an unknown number and said the following. Oh honey, my heart only beats for you. I only think about you every day and every night. To be honest, at first, I thought it was just a wrong number. I simply replied with a polite message stating that it's probably a wrong number. As no one replied back too, I just let it go and kept playing on my Mario Kart session with my 11-year-old friends. Around 5.50pm, I'd say, while everybody was getting ready for the restaurant... 
I received another text message that really intrigued me. It said, at 6pm, go out of your house alone and follow the arrows made out of sand. I'll wait for you at the end. I was now extremely confused and I didn't know what to do, to be honest. I replied and asked who was sending me these messages, but again, no reply. At 6pm though, I walked out of the house just to take a peek out of the gate and see if there were actually really any sandy arrows and yeah, they were there. Now, thinking back about this event, I realized that I was really reckless with what I did next. But as a 14-year-old teenager, hopelessly romantic and dreaming of having a very summer love experience, I thought that I would let my curiosity win this time. Now that I think about it too, all this time I thought that it was the 15-year-old brother and his best friend who wanted to make a joke about me or something. But the whole afternoon they were there with us so I have no clue who may have done this to be honest. In any case though I walked a bit out of the house and tried to follow the arrows that were leading straight into the woods. My intuition made me stop immediately at that. My gut was begging me not to go any further in the woods alone. So I turned around and I walked back to the house and never told anyone about this story. I simply received a text saying, I'm waiting for you, darling, and that was it. But here's where the story gets a little creepy. You see, a few months later, I found out that where we rented the house, a man was being searched for, mostly because he was trying to get in contact with teenagers, and apparently was trying to drag them into the woods for, well, evil intentions. I still don't know if this is all linked to my own story or if it was maybe just a coincidence. Would he have found my phone number on one of those websites that my bullies had given? No clue, but I changed my phone number when I started my scholarship at my new school and I never got harassed again, thankfully. Like I said though, I still think back about all of that and I wonder. This is something that I've been needing to get off my chest for a while now and I'm not really sure where else to tell it to be honest. So a few years back, after my junior year of high school, I was working a summer job making enough money where I could support myself for a few days if need be. At the time, my parents decided that they wanted to take a trip to the beach for their anniversary, leaving me home by myself for a week, which was fine by me. And well, the time came and they left, leaving me and my dog to fend for ourselves. I should add context saying that it wasn't uncommon to hear footsteps or things moving on their own as I've lived next to a graveyard all my life and I just sort of took it as a, that's how things were really. Well, about three days had passed since they had left and I had just gotten off of work and the sun had started to go and set and by the time that I got home it was pretty much dark. The first thing that I noticed when I pulled into the driveway though was that I could see light through the window of my living room which I thought was odd but when I walked into my home I quickly realized that every single light in my house had been turned on. Not thinking too much of it I looked through the house and turned them off only leaving my living room and kitchen light on. 
that was when I noticed too, my dog was not laying in his bed. I found him underneath a cabinet in my bathroom shaking to the point that I thought that he was sick. But he calmed down and came out after he saw that it was me. Like I said before, a little activity in the house was not uncommon, so I just thought that it was a strange occurrence and sort of shrugged it off. At this point, it's dark outside and had started pouring down rain, but I had to go and pick up dinner from somewhere, so I went and got Sonic, and when I was headed back, I had nearly forgotten about what had just happened, but sure enough, when I pulled back into the driveway, the lights were on again, but... This time when I stepped foot into the house, I was hit by this just overwhelming stench. A smell so foul and pungent that it honestly made my eyes water immediately. That should have been my telltale sign to tuck tail and run as soon as I got there, but I didn't. I sat my food on the counter by the door and went to find my dog, who was laying in the corner of the living room, seemingly stressed to the point that he had puked on the floor. I quickly got him on his chain and out of the house and got to cleaning up the mess. At this point and time, the smell had only gotten worse too and had this terrible feeling of fear that I can't even describe. I finished cleaning the mess though and realized that I should probably turn the lights off so I started in the bathroom, into my father's room and then into my room. Nothing eventful happened during this but when I got to my mum's room... I could feel something just staring at me from behind, but when I looked back there, of course there was nothing there. In the end, I got out of there without turning the lights off, and when I was walking back up the hallway, I felt it again, but this time when I turned around, I saw something. This awful decayed or burnt looking thing was standing right where I'd come in from the middle of the hallway right outside of my mother's room. I froze in fear and just stared directly back at him. His eyes were almost human too but way too sunken back and I could see the sort of dark charred skin hanging from his face. I have no idea how long it stayed like this, but eventually, I tore myself back and when I looked back over there, the thing was gone. And the lights in my mother's room had turned off. I remember just sitting on the floor after that in tears, just staring at the spot where this thing was. I must have sat there for about 10 minutes at least before... Finally, getting my nerve together and sprinting out of my house, grabbing my dog and just staying in my truck the entire night. By the time that we had went back in, the sun had come back up and things seemed to be back to normal. I never really mentioned this to anyone and I probably wouldn't have, but I saw it again yesterday at a quick glance while doing the dishes it was standing just a few meters away from me behind the table, but it was gone as soon as I blinked. From everything that I've researched too, this sounds demonic and the activity in the house has increasingly picked up since that day. If you're listening to this and have some sort of knowledge about the paranormal or demonic, then please do let me know if this sounds like that. Also, if you have any advice on what I can do to get rid of it... That would be much appreciated.
This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I was a lead bartender in a pool hall on the outskirts of New Orleans for about 10 years. Our main patrons, they were older men who mostly lived alone. We were the spot that they sort of came to socialize. The many came for long hours every day, whether they played pool that particular day or not. Over the years, many of these men passed, a few men dying in the building. We had a few fatal heart attacks and a stroke victim who passed before the EMTs could get there. Sadly, this bar was the last place many of these men had felt happy and needed in their lives, which I think may have drew some of them back after passing. Also, bars have long been rumored to be favorite hangouts for earthbound spirits who don't realize that they're dead and are craving one more drink or smoke, or possibly game of pool in this case. And with that said, there was definite activity in the bar or pool hall. Though it was a bit on and off, a male voice would loudly say my name, directly in my ear with a blast of warm air, as if it had breath when I was nowhere near any living person. At the beginning of my shift, the bar was usually empty, so I would go into the office to count the money in the gaming safe. I always kept the camera feeds up on the monitor, just in case someone came in. I can't tell you how many times I would look at the monitor and see someone just sitting at the bar waiting for service, even though I hadn't heard the door chime. I would head out to the bar only to find it empty. Most often it was a really pale white guy with dark hair, white tee, black jacket. And one day, my first customer of the shift came in and sat in the seat that the pasty guy had been in on the camera feed about maybe an hour or two before. I didn't say anything, not wanting to sound crazy. I was behind the bar and about 10 feet from the customer when he screamed like a little girl and jumped up so fast that he sent his chair flying backwards. He swore up and down too that someone had just grabbed his leg and squeezed. He said that he could feel the individual fingers and everything. We were the only two people in the bar though and he left immediately, still shaking. I saw people in my peripheral that weren't there too when I turned towards them. Many times I would be serving drinks and call out, I'll be right with you as soon as I finish here, before turning to see no one. I thought it might just be me seeing things, but it literally never happened anywhere else except at work. And several times customers remarked that they could have sworn that they had seen someone who had just been standing there as well. Now, to get behind the bar, you had to go to the end farthest from the entrance, where a section of the bar lifted up like a door. To the right was where the bartending happened, but to the left was a hallway that had the office and rooms with the safers, extra liquor bottles, stuff like that. Basically, everything down that hallway had a lot of value, and the bartenders were expected to make sure that no one came behind the bar or gained access to the hallway. But I always saw people walking back there, but not from my peripheral either. These people looked very solid and real. I could easily describe their skin and hair color even, outfits, the whole shebang. 
I would go running back there, check all of the three rooms down the hallway, panicking, and eventually not find a soul, even though the only way out would have been to pass me. Let me just say too that this happened all the time, whether I was slow or busy. It actually seemed to happen more when the bar was packed, in fact. My regulars were very familiar with this routine too and teased me about it unmercifully. However, word of this did cause my co-workers to begin sharing their own experiences with me, so I was able to get some confirmation, that at least that I wasn't going crazy. The activity, which had always been intermittent too, got really intense for almost two months at one point. And then, everything just sort of stopped. For months. The guy who got his leg grabbed and a few other regulars who had witnessed some things commented on it too. So did my co-workers. And no more chasing shadows or disappearing customers. To be honest, it was sort of great really. A few months after the activity stopped at the bar though, I'm taking a shower at home. It's a stand-up shower, no tub. I noticed that the far right corner of my shower seemed very dim though. I peeked my head out to make sure that none of the other three bathroom bulbs had burned out or something. They were all shining away and I just sort of shrugged it off. Even though I definitely had a slightly unsettling feeling, it was nothing major though and... I just continued for several weeks like this, although not every day it would happen and the feeling of unease grew. It wasn't always dim over there, but when it was, I swear that I could feel it before even looking. The shower is my happy place and I hated this newfound creepiness invading it. I tried to think of every possible explanation too. Seasonal changing of the angle of sunlight, weather or cloud conditions, my mental state... I mean, you name it, I thought of it. However, I had lived there for over five years at this point and had never seen anything remotely like this. I have one tiny bathroom window with thickly frosted glass and a screen, so it's never really affected the lighting in the bathroom in any way, and it's angled away from the shower anyway, so how the heck was this happening? Weirdly too, as time went on, the dimness grew more pronounced. It now looked like a diffused shadowy mist than a dim spot. The feeling of unease, it began to change too. I started feeling like something was watching me while I showered. I found myself refusing to close my eyes or turn around when showering and seriously considered how long I could go between showers before it became, well, noticeable. I had been trying to convince myself that... It was all some kind of stress-induced, psychosomatic weird thing that my brain was doing or a strange type of vision anomaly or something, but I was completely unsuccessful. I finally accepted that there was actually something there watching me at my most vulnerable point, and enough was enough. I contacted a friend and told him a little bit about what I'd felt and expressed my desire to do a house cleansing. I didn't want to do it alone and he agreed to come over in two days. Feeling better about the whole situation now, I had a slightly smug air as I started my shower that night. And lo and behold, there was no darkness, no shadows, no weird feelings. It was great too. Maybe, maybe I had been tripping after all, so to speak. 
I'm under the water though with my eyes closed, enjoying the heck out of my bright peaceful shower, when a shock of alarm just jolted through me. It felt like someone was standing right there in front of me and staring at me hard. When I opened my eyes, the shadow, it was there and looked different than ever before. It was much darker. There was clearly visible sort of oval egg-shaped center of deeper darkness in the middle of the shadows, although I could still see through it. The top of it was slightly lower than my upper chest, I'm just under 5 foot, and it didn't have hard edges at all, just kind of diffused out to lighter shadow if that makes sense. The oval was roughly 3 feet from top to bottom and about a foot and a half wide, and I just stood frozen staring at it for a few seconds. It was like my brain was having trouble processing what I was seeing. Then my brain started working again and I jumped out of the shower stark naked and half rinsed, ran through the house dripping shampoo and water everywhere yelling what the heck over and over. I'll admit that it's pretty hilarious to picture it now but at the time I was scared out of my mind. I skipped my shower the next day obviously and when my friend arrived the day after, I frantically filled him in on what had happened the night that we agreed to do the cleansing, although I did leave out the part about running around naked and yelling. He had this little smirk on his face, so I asked him if he believed me. Oh, I believe you. I believe that you saw something. Slightly patronizing, but understandable given the situation, I guess. Besides, I thought having a skeptic on hand could be a, a good thing, maybe. So I started burning herbs on charcoal and calling in protection. We began in the living room and as soon as I called for protection, my friend jumped and gasped, eyes popping out of his face. He took a few steps back and sat on the couch. He was very pale all of a sudden and had his ankles tightly crossed and his hands clasped firmly in his lap, elbows tucked in, sitting very straight. Although he didn't know this, he had automatically assumed a pose recommended to close off your energy or aura, for those of you who know about that. The poor guy though just looked horrified. He claimed that as soon as I called out for protection, a bone-chilling blast of frigid air went straight through his entire body. I was standing right in front of him at the time and he was amazed that I didn't feel anything. He was completely freaked out though and I convinced him that finishing the cleansing was important after experiencing something like that. So he bravely got up and he began helping me cleanse my place. After we were through, I decided to let the herbs finish burning out in the shower. When I went to the shower, which we had just spent a lot of time in, smoking it out with herbs, there was a single black fat fly laying dead on its back right in the corner that the shadow liked to hang out in. We were both absolutely certain that it wasn't there a few minutes before. While I realized that flies get into houses, obviously, the timing and the placement was really freaky. Like, we had just seen this and then it was there. I've been here seven or eight years now too and that was the first, last and only time that I've ever found one of those big black corpse flies in my apartment like that too. Thankfully, I haven't had any issues with shadows in my shower since. To this day, my friend gets noticeably freaked out when I bring up the cleansing, so I like to do it when we're drinking and his expressions are even funnier than usual. But I don't think it was a shadow person or a demon or anything like that. 
I think it was a ghost without the energy to fully manifest, but who still liked to peep on 20-something females while they were showering. I never saw or felt it anywhere or anytime else while it was in my place. I honestly think that whatever it was, though, it was perverted. I also think that it most likely was that pasty guy who liked to mess with me at work, just eventually following me home. But to be honest, who knows? He's long gone now, but probably lurking in the corner of some other poor woman's shower. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.